Ah. 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 So he randomly put me on for no reason. Ah. Is it because it wants you to tweet from at underscore sports arena about the fact that it's November to remember in just a week's time and we're building up towards it? I think it might be, you know. I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that's the reason to get to at underscore sports arena and tell everyone to follow the, us and go for this time months. next week we will be discussing November to Remember 1997. If you miss it, it's the regret. You'll never forget. Although you can just listen into the archives wherever you listen to this, to, to this podcast. It's also true. But it is Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme as we die from ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every special and pay-per-view in between. And as Jay rightly said, we're doing November to Remember 97 next week. So we've got two more episodes of Hardcore TV. Um, as I said, I am Paul. That is Jay. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I'm, 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 I'm giddy with excitement of November to Remember. I'm really looking forward to next week's show. For random reasons? For random reasons. Yeah, we've I'm stayed really because it's going to have some amazing matches and some fucking awful matches, and I cannot wait. Because <laughs> obviously, you stated and read the card multiple times. I've kept away as much as one could for a show that I've already seen that happened 20 odd years ago. Yes, you're going yeah. into it spoiler free 23 <laughs> years later. No, it's sort of a really, you know, but. A show that I believe we I even own. We own. Someone owns. It's owned. And if you don't own it, it's on the network. That's where we're watching it, the WWE network. That's where we will be watching it for our conversation this time next week about. Oh, ah. I always get excited for the pay per views on the network because obviously they will put up first. They have sort of slightly different music, and it shouldn't matter. The thing that excites me, but it just does because you don't know what yeah. you're going to get. No. And, you know, I am a big fan. We've talked about it for the last few years now. I'm a big fan of November to Remember. It's, it's it, For me, it's their big show. It's their um, Starcade. It's their WrestleMania. It's their Slammiversary. It's their... Um, what would you say ROH is? Our final Battle? Uh, yeah, Final Battle. I, uh, yeah, I think that's their big one. I, I'm probably basing that on the um, El Generico, Kevin, Kevin Steen Yeah, no, it's, matches. it's Final Battle. And what impact... It's still Bound for Glory? Or is it Slammiversary? Slammiversary is their anniversary show, isn't it? So it's Bound for Glory. Oh, big Bound one. for Glory. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And AEW's Double or Nothing? Did I say Double or Nothing? That was their first one, so. Oh, that would cleared that up for everyone. Oh, and Wrestle yes. Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan fans. Yes. Don't yeah. want to leave that out. Um, yeah, this week, obviously, we're 97. We're looking at episodes 239 and 240 from... Surprisingly, November 1997. Um, it is a promo-heavy couple of weeks. Almost as if they're building to a pay-per-view. You'd think. But um, we and stated before they sort of, that they go into a bit of a weird patch before pay-per-views. You know, I think I'm working on the theory on these two episodes that they've booked out the card and they've booked out their journey too. And someone didn't realise that there were a couple of five-week months in there. Yeah. So they suddenly, suddenly suddenly had like two or three weeks worth of TV extra that they had to fill because 
well fit. It, it doesn't quite stretch as far as we want it to. So we get some very random bits like, uh, you know, we start where we finished last week, for instance. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a staple of ECW, isn't it? Yeah. This is a, everything to prove we're not live kind of show show. It's like when others are so desperate to prove they're live, even if they were taped, they were very much just like, no, we're taped um, to see what happened, come back next week. Which is a sort of different yeah. vibe for this kind of sort of. And, I mean, it's all about their tease of like, you know, you know, something's happening. So here you go. This is, this is, you know, you know, something's happened after this. Why don't you come and find out? Exactly. Um, but what Jay is alluding to is basically at the end of last week's show and beginning of this week's show, obviously we're seeing uh, Van Damme and Sabu destroy Tommy Dreamer and none other than the Sandman returns. Again, as we stated, we watch it in big chunks, so I didn't even realise he was gone to this extent that it deserved a massive return. But obviously, No, I mean, it must have only been a month. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't recall him being like gone, gone to sort of, oh my God, he's back. But and I think this is one of the problems because they are so, you know, like shoulder shrug when it comes to these big, like beat downs and all the rest of it. None of it makes me realize that they've been written off for a while. And because so, the shows, sorry, and because the shows are quite highlight heavy as well. Yeah. So even though he might not have been in a, a fresh match, he still appeared on every show, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those that, you know, they, they've got a ton of footage of him, so it kind of gets put through, even though he might not have been actually wrestling for them for six weeks or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, we've seen them get absolutely obliterated and then be back in a segment later. So it doesn't occur to me that they've been written off of TV because they've been beaten up or beaten down. Exactly. Uh, just feels like there's not, you know, and again, I suppose this is the problem with an hour's worth of TV. It feels like they're being, you know, rotated through rather than they're actually meant to not be there. Yeah. No, hundred percent. It's, um, yes, yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, Sandman felt, sort of like a million bucks as much as you can sort of feel like a million bucks in these kind of situations. I mean, the crowd was going mental, chanting Sandman. He was cleaning the house. He looked like a hero. He looked sort of, you know, like a beast. He, he, he come across very strong. When we've seen him last time, we well, say last time we saw him, in recent times that we saw him, he's been swinging, missing constantly. And yeah, or gets one hit and then... Yeah, yeah, so he's come back and he's obviously put in a much better sort of position. So that was um, refreshing, I guess, to lead into the pay-per-view. So that's good. Um, duh, duh, duh. We then get highlights all the way back from November to remember 95, I want to say. So it was 95 and 94 they gave us highlights of. Yeah. Um, but um, this we will play a little bit of game later. Oh, so I think the Sabu return was 95, I believe. It was. It was the one where, obviously, he was meant to do a shot for ECW. 
he chose payday in Japan instead, got fired publicly um, because of incidents that happened in ECW. They wanted to make amends and get fans happy again. So he was surprised, return, and November to remember. That's pretty much the story, wasn't it? We covered it. It's in the archives. Go enjoy it. It is. We've talked about it at length, but you can go back. But that's basically the story, yes. Yeah, it's a quick version. They then announced multiple matches for the pay-per-view. Um, like I said, you run down the card. But again, yeah, Sabu versus Sandman was announced. Taz versus Pitbull too. Sort of makes sense, but doesn't. Um, RVD versus Dreamer in a flag match. Douglas versus Bam Bam and a tag four-way. So, yeah, they were announced again. They and were, I feel like nothing... Yeah. I mean, I guess Sam and Sabo was a new announcement, but sort of the only real... And I think next week they said about Tommy Rogers versus Chris Candido. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Candido, um, jumping forward, he had some nice little moments on this show. He did. Big fan of Candido. Uh, we get a promo from Shane Douglas and Francine. Any bits really stood out for me from this promo? Not really. I mean, it was a bit the same old stuff, really. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Francine, who is uh, on crutches for reasons. Um, uh, but Francine still is, is amazing to me. I think the pairing of them is fantastic. But, you know, the, 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 the princess of sass that Francine is, um, you know, I think is just uh, incredible. Yeah, no, I mean... They're doing great work. Um, Just basically, a lot of the promo again is about Rick Rude, who the match isn't with. Um, you know, the, the crippled has been um, is kind of what he's been referred to, the cripple and things like that. The which, cripple has been who, who can't keep up with Francine. As yeah. He stands there on crutches. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, I think it was this one that they they said you know he's he was um, uh, he had a deal with the WWF but has apparently been negotiating with with WCW, which really caught me off guard because obviously him turning up on Nitro, obviously Raw was taped. It's the famous Raw was taped. Um, he appeared on Nitro. And had the whole what a difference twenty four hours can make, where he was basically on both shows at the same time, and on ECW later in the week as well. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realise that it was kind of common knowledge that he was in negotiations with WCW. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how this this episode lines up time wise in regards to whether. He's already made the jump to EC, to WCW, and this is kind of a little bit of an afterthought kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, because he, he's on ECW TV that week. So whether it be a clip or what, whether it's last week's or whatever, you yeah. need to look at the time things. But that was the famous thing. He was on the same night with them, but technically he was on ECW TV the same week. So it was a kind of whole on all three shows in the same week. I don't know if there's really a clip of him this week, as in, like, to really count as a clip. He might have been in the background of, like, Bam Bam winning the title or something, but it wasn't a full-on segment. But, um, yeah, maybe it was sort of November, December time, but it has to be soon. 
Uh, November the 17th, 1997 is when Rick Rude appeared on Nitro. So it's so, slap bang in this window. I mean, what are, what are the weeks we're looking at here? So we... Well, this, this one, I think, is around the 22nd. Yes. So he would have just... About, yeah. Wow, Monday's gone is when he would have appeared on, um, on, on both shows in the same time. That's crazy to think because he very much he was pushed in this angle as an afterthought. Yeah, he was quite a lead bit going in for the reason for this, but I felt I did feel like when Shane Douglas was talking, he was really pushed out of this angle as an afterthought. To say you were involved, but it was never actually really about you. You're this, you're that. This is actually really not about you at all. You were just this thing. Yeah, which which was problematic because they hadn't really done enough about Bam Bam to to shift the feud. No, the feud's always been Shane Douglas, Rick Rude. Yeah. You know, even from the first pay-per-view, like Barely Legal, but... Yeah, like I said, it felt like the, the promo was edging it. Um, but yeah, solid promo from Shane Douglas. I feel bad for him in the sense that his own, I feel like every promo they're making do is a go-home promo. And it's just yeah. like, right, that's a go-home promo. Well done, Shane. Now, if you can just go film a go-home promo. All right, cheers for that, Shane. Right, if you just come out the back, we're just going to film a go-home promo. And it just felt like there's a lot of pressure in this. There's, he does amazing promos, but it's just, it's constant. And it's just... Um, yeah, I mean, how many times are you going to... How many different ways are you going to try and find to hype up the same match? Yeah, and it's, it's not... I don't, I don't blame him. I just think it's... Um, uh, no, it's, it's badly put together again. It's, it, it's you know, the, 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 the writing of the TV into the pay-per-views has been, since they've gone to the pay-per-view model... Um, has been not incredibly great. They don't know how to make these things, you know, hit their crescendo at the right point. Yeah, they all feel as if they've got about three or four weeks of TV more than they need. And I and feel like, yeah, totally. And I feel like a lesser talent, this could have caused, like, it could have been really sort of problematic. So the fact... To the point, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And to the point where at the time of this promo, at the time of this this going on with Shane Douglas cutting that promo, the first part of the two episodes we're watching, because we've not got past the first segment yet, um, the match is, is Sabu versus Bam Bam. That's the, that's the title match. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're cutting promos about a match that hasn't even been announced because Sabu is the challenger. Yeah. And for anyone that's thinking, yeah, but, you know, are they going to switch the... It's pretty obvious they're not going to switch the belt the week before the pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. Go back to the last pay-per-view. I'd refer back to uh, how Sabu won it last time. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably, you know, probably what they were getting people wrapped around this time. They're thinking, surely it can happen again, kind of. Yeah. But, um, yes, that was that segment. As you're right, moving on. We then got a fatal four-way match. Devon Dudley versus Tracy Smothers versus Axel Rotten versus John Cronus. 
Obviously, these are the teams in the Fatal 4-Way at the pay-per-view. It doesn't take long for everyone to get involved, really. No. It's it's basically the match, but without being the match. Um, Did it excite you for the, the, the four-way tag? Not really. <laughs> I just don't think it's four teams that click. No, I mean, there's a couple of things, isn't there? I mean, so I, I have issues with the gangstonators. They don't, they don't click at all. Um, Cronus, uh, I've, I've always been very complimentary of Cronus's work. Disagreed with the fact that he's the, you know, the best part of the best tag team in the world. Yeah. But I, I've been very complimentary of Cronus's style and Cronus's work. And over the last few times we've seen him, he just seems to be slowing down. He seems more sloppy. He seems to get blown up far easier. Very unmotivated, isn't it? He's just yeah. sort of sudden, yeah. And it's everything that you've heard about him, all, all of the allegations we've heard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just seems to come across. Um, so it is, you know, it, it's it's really interesting that it looks like Saturn was very much kind of the, the motivational drive of the team. And it's really started to show him up on, you know, and I say on his own, he's not on his own, he's with um, uh, New Jack. But, for the interaction between the two of them, you wouldn't know that they're a team. Um, you know, he's off doing his thing on one side and he's off doing his thing on the other side. There's no, there's no community. I mean, I'm not looking for like, you know, tagged specialist double moves, but at least something. acknowledging, you know, something like that. Well, yeah, uh, at least, you know, they're, they're, they're in a tag team, but they're really not. They're just two singles wrestlers, even though they're not really singles wrestlers, but it's almost become that. Yeah, he's, um, I understood it at first, the whole sort of, you know, Team Extreme kind of, but um, it should have been like a one-shot deal. They won the belts, they lost the belts, they sort of disappeared. Yeah. Not this whole, you know, it should have been the Dudleys, you haven't got a partner, you haven't got a partner, what are you going to do now? And so they sort of somehow join together and become a team and win the belts and then lose the belts and disappear. Not this... I don't think they've got the um, the yeah. legs to really sort of last and be a fan favourite team. They're just two wrestlers that people like, but not a team that people like. And there's no there's no synergy in any of it. I mean, even down to you know the outfits, they they're, they're not they don't look like a team in any way, shape, or form. It looks like a a lethal lottery kind of you know pick your partner kind of thing. Mm. rather than they've chosen to be a team together. Um, yeah, massively. It's just very, very odd. And and the more they keep batting over the head that, um, you know, that the FBI have no chance in this match and they just, you know, they're completely outmatched by everyone, the more you kind of sit there going, all right, okay. Yeah, I mean, again, the FBI, I mean, the match here to make really be Bulls and Axel versus the Dudley boys for titles. Yeah. That feels like that's the match and everyone else is just... Surrounded. Uh, that being said, we did have a few nice spots. New Jack climbs on top of the entrance way sign. Um, Bubba sort of goes up in. Yeah, sort of Bubba goes up in a sort of hydraulic machine. Um, gets smacked with a chair when he gets to the top. Then sort of then goes back down again. New Jack then goes flying off the sign, putting Guido through a table. I want to say. Was, yeah, I, I mean it was a beautiful dive. It was. I said it's probably the New best. Yeah, best so far, definitely. And it's um, one of those that you at and you're kind of going, well, that's too far. Because he can't, he can't just, what we've seen previously is people kind of fall on people through tables. New Jack has to 
torpedo himself. Yeah. You know, from the top, he needs to fly like a missile um, to make the distance. So he almost kind of does like a um, uh, a shoulder tackle in midair um, to to get the distance to get to the tables and then crash through them. Uh, and it was it was a it was a beautiful it was a beautiful spot. Yeah, that was um, yeah, it was a great table dive. I said easily the best one we've seen so far. Um, a not so beautiful spot. <laughs> Is Cronus was standing at the top turnbuckle. I don't know who's trying to dive on. Maybe I didn't see someone, but he basically just dove off and was caught in a bubble cutter midair. Yeah, but I don't know who's actually diving on. And again, you know, you kind of see what they were trying to do, but the um, the 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 actual uh, execution was was. Well, yeah, in a comparable to years and years later, um, CM Punk at WrestleMania sort of dives off, you know, the um, springboards into an RKO, you know. So it's, it's that sort of spot, but it just wasn't. It just like, who are you trying to dive on? Like, what's even happening? But, um, yeah, so basically he got hit with that. Devon pinned him. Then Axel pinned Devon. Then Axel had uh, Smothers beat. We had a ref fight, which is kind of weird because Styles sort of going ref fight, ref fight, like cat fight kind of. Yeah. And I just thought, they don't really care about sort of this whole ref and situation. They, yeah. And so the heel ref has run down and got involved for no reason. But the, the heel ref basically needs to be. Bill Alfonso worked because he was aligned with like wrestlers so not only is it sort of a rehash sort of of the hill ref sort of character we've had it's a poorly executed version of it yeah and it's been alfonso would constantly help shane douglas or something yeah by changing the rules and by influencing the outcome of the match what he didn't do was just run in and beat up random referees and then get drop kicked by one of them yeah it's it's a weird i mean Again, it's it's leading to a match I don't think we're ever going to get. And it would have, yeah, true. And it would almost have been better if um, he was suddenly, you know, Jeff Dudley and he was a ref, but part of the Dudley brothers and their brother was a ref and helping him out all the time. Or do you know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Or whoever he was to side with tag team wise, have them almost with it. So they had their own kind of, because it's just, it just doesn't weird. I don't know who he's. Constantly trying to help, he doesn't. He just seems to be screwing over balls and axe all the time. But I don't know why. So um, yeah, but anyway, Axel did pick up the win eventually, which was good for Axel. He looked like he'd um, won the main event at WrestleMania. He was so chuffed. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he just I don't know. Think about Axel. And I love. I mean, there's a. The chair shot he does in the next show. I know you hear me, Daddy. I know you hear me. <laughs> I think that's where it all stems from. In the year's future where he um, is RVD. RVD, we called up Paul's Mahoney to beat him. I know you hear me, Daddy. I know you hear me. <laughs> and um, he sort of does this weird in the next show, I think it is, where he goes to hit Diva with a chair. But he sort of these pauses turn round, and he's sort of almost like, "Hey, surprise, man!" He has to like just say something. You can't just hit him. No, 
and it's um, yeah, great. So he picks up the win, and then we get a whole bunch of promos. Um, Sandman back in the black and white. Decent promo, just heavily scripted. Felt heavily scripted, but a good promo. Yeah. I um so Sandman they're pushing as um you know so Reggie whatever it was 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 Mr October Sandman because of his history with November to remember is there Mr November yeah it was very much just like they say you're homicidal they say you're genocidal sort of yeah things and all that sort of so yeah um, again. One of his layouts was quite good in the sense that, you know, I've been there, I've done it, in fact, for my first November to remember, I was in a wetsuit, which was a beautiful <laughs> um, little playback to uh, Memories Are Gone. Yeah, Surfer Sam, man. Um, Shane Douglas again, another decent promo from him. Bam Bam Bigelow, um, not an awful promo. but This one wasn't. Not, yeah. Um, Chris Candido sort of chimes in again about he's going to have a great match at the pay-per-view. Uh, Tommy Dreamer does his usual. I've got a broken leg, broken ankle, broken heel, broken everything, but I'm still going to defend ECW and beat you because I'm really hard. I'm coming for you and I'm going to continue to speak far too quietly for what I'm trying to say. I mean, again, I I love Tommy Dreamer. I mean, we, we're hard on him, but I love Tommy Dreamer. But his promos in that, at this stage are just he he's he's weird because he's a mainstay and he's there sort of he's you know Mister ECW for a lot of it, but he takes a lot more to evolve and get it. I feel than a lot of the others. Like we said, he he borrows moves and. And gimmicks to a point, and he's still now not sort of really found who he is. Even no. the way he delivers promos and everything, he's always trying to be someone he's sort of not. And that's not like it's not a knock as such. It's just um, no, I don't think he's found his voice yet. Is it? I mean, he still he feels like he's trying to do like Raven promos. Yeah, I mean, Raven, the whispering promos and everything. Like works with Raven. It just works with Raven. Tommy Dreamer changed it up, and I, you know, here he comes yeah. again, the Raven apologist. But Raven did change it up. You know, he he had the the the, the speaking promos. He had the the shouting promos. He had the quiet promos. He had the the voice breaking with emotion promos. You know, I I didn't need her. I didn't need anyone. I've I've, I've been alone all, all the time. Um, you know, he had the you know story times and it all, yeah. yeah. He had um, the maniacal stuff with with you know Sandman's son, and you know he had, he had variants in it. It wasn't always just, and as much as my, a lot of it was kind of in the in the boiler room or in the locker room or sitting in a corner somewhere. It wasn't quite the same. Just kind of you know in a dark head down just talking quietly about all the nasty things I'm going to do because I'm quite brooding and very, very 90s. But it's, it's kind of like his promos, you can almost hear Heyman feeding them to him in that voice. Yeah. 
do you know what I mean? Especially if you watch like Beyond the Mat, when they've got the whole thing like, it's going to be a game of truth or consequences. And sort of Tommy's sort of like, it's going to be a game of truth. And do you know what I mean? But you can hear like Heyman feeding him some of these lines in that sort of voice. And you sort of just think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, he's, he's just still finding himself, I, I think, anyway. He doesn't, he doesn't sort of flow and have like so much fun and all this. He, he's sort of caught up in, when he sort of becomes more natural, sort of Tommy. I think that's my yes. favourite version of him. Uh, Beulah talks and then it sort of goes round and people pop up again and stuff like that. Like you said, Sam, I talked about past November to remembers and everything like that. And um, yeah, I think Shane Douglas quoted that this match is a once in a lifetime match. Yes. Which, you know. Which is a rematch. Which is the second time we've seen it, but I can let that slide. Just wanted um, to bring So there was a lot of, um, you know, we're, we're shooting, brother. Um, so, uh, you know, I am Scott Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, I, I don't need to know that. Um, His real name's Scott Bigelow, isn't it? Yeah. So he's, you know. And this thing is not like a huge reveal. It's not like, you know, I'm Scott Levy. You know, you don't have to worry about Raven. It's Scott Levy who's coming after you. Um, but it doesn't feel like that sort of feud. No. And this thing. Uh, so it's kind of. I'm not sensing hatred. I, I couldn't even. If you said wholeheartedly, is Bam Bam Bigelow out of the triple threat right now? I couldn't say yes. No, I feel like he's distanced and he's fallen out, and they're confused by him. But it doesn't—it doesn't feel like a hate feud. No, and and you know we've seen Bam Bam once, twice um, as champion. Um, once when he did the run in and got beaten up, and once in next week's show that we're about to talk about. Um, there's not a lot to it, and uh, you know it is that kind of like you know it's 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 this whole kind of I'm not. You know, I'm not going to compromise thing. Um, and and we know that because he's using his real name. That's the thing. This feels like one of those feuds where it needed Bam Bam Bigelow tied up in the ropes by Chris Candido and Lance Storm while Shane Douglas has the mic shouting in his face saying, you think you're bigger than the triple threat. You think you're bigger than me. Don't you know who the fuck I am on the franchise? Slapping around the face kind of. It needs like that. If you yeah, want to I, go, in the horseman. Exactly. Yeah. It needed, uh, this is and, just you know, later on, and I know later on, but Sting and the horseman was before this. Later on, um, uh, you know, Randy Orton and Evolution. It, it, we've seen it done mm. really, really well. Of cool. That's my belt, though. So hand it over because I'm the I'm I'm the leader of this group. I'm the leader of this faction. I'm the main event guy. So you caught me. Good. Lay down. Yeah, it, should, it should be like, you know, who the hell do you think you are? You know, I'm the franchise. Like you said, I'm the leader of this group. It sort of needs, I mean, I don't know, it might just be me. I just, I just feel like they're, they're very much positioning it to after this the what, feud, Bam Bam Bigelow's back in the triple threat. But this is what we said. It's, the, the feud wasn't Bam Bam and Shane Douglas. No. So the match that they're building at the moment is, Shane, is Bam Bam and Sabu. And the feud was was Shane Douglas and Rick Rude, 
of which one of Rick Rude's tricks was Shane Douglas losing, losing the belt to Bam Bam. But yeah, that was which, he's, which a, he's a tool in this match. He's not the focus. Mm. Which works perfectly with Bam Bam Big Low's promo over last week, where if it was Rick Rude who was just like, you know, Scott, you know, you've always done everything for everyone. What have you done for yourself? Why have you looked after number one? Why aren't you the world champion? Why are you the lackey? You're Bam Bam Bigelow. You should be this. You could be that. Why look at the you size take... of you. Look at the strength of you. Look at the agility yeah, of you. This business that can do what you can do. How comes you don't yeah. have a championship reign to, to point out? And that's where I feel like they've sort of been screwed by whatever Rude's done here because that should have been... I feel like he's left completely because he signed for WCW. They can't use him because they don't have a working relationship with them like they did WWE. Yeah. And now, two weeks before the pay-per-view, they're having to almost try to rewrite... And heat up. Yeah. A feud that was, like you said, it was never really... The, the feud. I don't think it was ever really about. I hate you, Bam Bam. That's my belt. You're meant to be my brother, and you screwed me over. Um, it, it wasn't that. It was like, you know, Rick Rude was in his ear, convinced him to sort of do it. That's what I felt like. Yeah, Rude, you son of a bitch. You got Bam Bam to do your your dirty work for you. Yeah, rather so, uh, than Bam Bam, son of a bitch, you did did Rick Rude's dirty work. Exactly. So I think that's where they're sort of... I mean, they dealt with a situation. The match will be the match, but I just feel the building yeah. to it, they've sort of been set up a bit. It's just, um, it's just yeah. unfortunate circumstances. Where it does cold going in. And it feels like, again, it's a weird twist to try and do it in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and I don't know... Why? Uh, there's kind of a, a, an understanding that he's that franchise is going to be a face in Philadelphia no matter what we do. So we'll get him to be the chasing, you know, we'll have him chase the champion rather than be the champion. Which again is hard because I've said it multiple times, he's, he's the best heel in the company. He's one of the best heels around period at this point. Yeah, and the problem is that part of his heel heat at the moment is Pittsburgh pride. You know, smartest people in, not as smart as Pittsburgh, obviously. I suppose Um, it's it's almost a a working version of the other story that's going on at the moment, which is Bret Hart, hero in Canada, heel in America. Yeah. Survivor Series would have been happening any time. Well, it does, because they reference all the way through the next episode about... um, uh, about uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Yeah, I was going to say it probably it happened probably the week between because the amount of um, and if Vince McMahon wants to see a shoot, he doesn't have to look at Bret Hart. He should watch me, brother, kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, yeah. Well, I suppose because that's why Rick Rude left, wouldn't it? I suppose he left because of that. So it would have time-wise. This is like now and money. And money again, though, it's, it's a rough um time to do a pay per view a week after Survivor Series. And that's Survivor Series. Well, yeah, I mean, when you really sort of think timing wise, that's sort of in a timeline that's crazy, yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyway, 
episode 240, around the 29th of November, I believe, 1987. Kicks off with Bubba Ray Dudley versus Taz. Um, No issues with this match. It's nice to see Taz far around the bigger guy. I think it benefits him. So that's good. And um, yeah, Taz basically picks up the win and then cuts the promo. Yeah. Uh, again, calling out, you know, the shoots of uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a good match. It was it was an all right match. Um, it feels funny that um, the Dudleys are being put in that position of like, you know, fed to Taz. But it's, it's what um, we said, though, they're, they're in a situation where they're raided. They've been raided heavily and it's almost like they don't want to admit how heavily they've been raided yeah but just i mean the the the, the nuclear heat that the dudley seem to have yeah seems to be dissipating quite strongly yeah i mean for they this wasted, whole point yeah i mean they wasted the club on um gangstonators yeah not really got back up after that i think gangstonators kind of you know they they didn't pass the heat they just they just put the, the heat out and then they haven't quite kicked on. Well, we, we said before there was like, there was a long gap before they got the belts back. And um, you sort of look and you think, well, why the fuck are the belts just not on them? I mean, nothing against the FBI, but why the hell are the belts just not on the Dudleys at this point? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah. the heat seekers. I mean, especially as, you know, you haven't got sort of, any other real hill champions getting into the pay-per-view. And you're treating your, your tag champs who have been one of your biggest draws for years now, since, you know, public enemy, that, that, that tag division and those tag champs have been one of your biggest draws. Yeah. And you're teaching as a, as a joke because, you know, they're on the, the, the team that everyone's expecting to get beat. Yeah. Um, so that happened. We get another promo from Shane Douglas. This is the one where basically he builds up the crowd to get everyone loving him. Then just basically broke them down and ripped it down and said, but Pittsburgh's better. I thought it was a great heat-seeking promo. Classic sort of hill promo one-on-one, but it was just beautifully done. Uh, just just very much just straightforward. You guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. But you actually only have not amazing compared to Pittsburgh they're better than you at everything kind of yeah so just got them booing but sort of just going to get a monster um, pop at the pay-per-view because if I remember from the pay-per-view from watching it the crowd's pretty much just like a sea of yellow I think so yeah I think we I are look- just franchise friendly crowd yeah big time so that happened we then got a promo from Chris Candido. Obviously talks about Shane Douglas and Bam Bam weighs in on that. But then sort of goes into a bit of business for himself, which is well-deserved. And said, um, everyone's talking about this match. It's going to be a great match. But at the end of the night, everyone's going to be talking about Chris Candido's match because I'm going to steal the show. Yeah. Which I thought it's was just beautiful. simple but fantastic. You know... You, you buy it because of this match, which is fine. But when you're leaving, the only thing you remember is me. You know, sort of similar to 
WrestleMania 3, you buy it for Andre Hogan. But years later, everyone's still talking about Macho Man, Ricky the Dragon. It felt like that sort of vibe of a promo. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sabu, versus, Sabu versus Bam Bam Bigelow is up next. Good. Um, not an awful match. You, you kind of felt like you could predict the ending, you know, before it happened. So, um, back and forth match, fun match. Good to see these two lock ups. It feels like first time ever, I'd say. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it wasn't long before basically RVD, Tommy Dreamer, Shane Douglas, even Sandman, everyone just comes out and starts brawling. I was disappointed that Shane Douglas come out. Yes. I felt that when everything sort of kicked off, um, he could have. I know we've we've slated ECW for their multiple pull-aparts in the past and who they used to do sort of breaks up, but Shane Douglas and Bam Bam really could have been a pull-apart. You know, or just not there. Yeah. I, just, I would have been also very happy if you just left them alone. Shane yeah. Douglas has a history of standing on a stage watching these things because not my fight, I'm, I'm not paid to get beaten up in, in things like this. Not me. Yeah. Um, you know, do it as a gang running out and beating him up as, you know, triple threat and um, not storm. But yeah, just a straight, you know, run out and, uh, you know, the, the rush of emotion and he's run out to attack just isn't what the franchise was. Or even if he'd come out and he just got the absolute crap kicked out of him very quickly. And he was just sort of just left shocked that Bam Bam just kind of almost like he came in the ring, Bam Bam just dispatched him really quickly and he retreated and he sort of like... Yeah, chicken shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, sort of screw you, Bam Bam, when he sort of realised that Bam Bam was, you know, better than him at this point or something. Running in the chair, about to hit Bam Bam, Bam Bam turns around, so he, he backs off, he runs out and he chickens. Yeah. But um, again, like we said, just I just felt they put too much pressure on. And like we said, it's it's not him, it's the show. There's just too much pressure on him to do go-home bit after go-home bit. And this sort of was the go-home bit. Yeah. And out of all the promos and everything, this was probably the weakest bit because the focus wasn't on him. It was on sort of RVD and all that. And he was sort of just fighting in the background. And, yeah, um, it just I don't think it was just fair treatment, that's all. No, no. Um, so yeah, speaking of RBD and Sabu, obviously that happened. Sandman comes out, they all brawl. We then get a quick promo from RBD and Sabu as it sort of zooms out. You can see they've got an ECW flag on the floor, they <laughs> light it, throw some flash paper at it, and it sort of explodes and scares the shit out of Sabu. And um, then it sets on fire. And they're burning the ECW flag. Which is, you know, nice enough. It's nice enough. I mean, it's a strong message. And um, obviously, they're still trying to do pro WWE. So it sort of works. And then we get a um, November to Remember sort of highlight video, which obviously originally this was to Guns N' Roses, November Rain, which was their, always their go-to song for this show. Obviously, we didn't get it with this. We just sort of just got some eerie network music. But, um, yeah, it just showed sort of some of the backstories and everything going on. 
but so as that's the end of the the two weeks we're watching let us go back and talk about november to remember's gone by oh so this is uh the fifth annual november to remember starting in 1993 1997 is number five so i thought i'd go take you back a little bit uh, because we have seen all of these from eastern to extreme and everything in between um so we have been there for the 93 november to remember the 94 november to remember the 95 november to remember and the 96 november to remember and we are here next week for the 97 november to remember and i cannot wait um but I thought we'd we'd go back and I really am looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be so fucking awful um, in points. Uh, so I thought I'd go, we'd go back and have a look at some of the previous ones. And I was going to ask you some questions to see what you remember about oh. previous November to remembers. Some names from the past, some interesting things that went through. So we will start. Do you want to do you want to start 96 and work backwards or do you want to start in 93 and work up? Um, whatever you think's best. Like, I'll let's, let you... uh, well, let's ease you in. We'll, we'll, we'll do 96. We'll ease you in because 96 was only a year away. Only a year ago. So, uh, we'll start with uh, the simple one. Um, who walked out of ECW November to Remember 1996 as the world heavyweight champion? Um, oh, want to say Raven? Sandman defeated Raven. Ah, with Richards, Meany, Supernova, Laurie Fullington, and Tyler Fullington. However, the main event of that was whose retirement match? Uh. Can't be Terry Funk. It can be Terry Funk. He retired after his tag match with Tommy Dreamer against Shane Douglas and brought primetime Brian Lee, who was feuding with up until that point. Yeah. Um, however, you know, whilst that was Terry Funk's last match for a minute and a half, um, this is a two part question. Oh. Part one Who in 1996 had a Loser Leaves Town match? Oh, was that um, um, Scorpio and Ted? It was. To two code Scorpio uh, had a loser leaves town match. Yeah, because I got confused because Scorpio, that's when JT Smith and everyone was suspended for 30 days. And... Two. So, who did he defeat? He, because he, 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 as you're right, he kept calling people out. Yeah, defeat along the way. So his first one, uh, wasn't Mikey Whitbrook. No, nope. uh, I know that he beat Hack Myers. Yeah, that's one of the four. Yeah, I know that he beat JT Smith. That's two of the four. I know that he beat. Um, um, Fuck the extremist this. himself. Um, I can't think of who else he beat. So the first person he beat was Devon Storm. Yeah, he did beat Devon Storm. He then beat JT Smith in 32 seconds, Hack Myers in a minute 15. Yeah. Who then, in two minutes and 14, defeated two Cold Scorpio. Uh, 
Um, was it not Taz again? No, Taz was the one who came and, and threatened to choke him out if he didn't leave. But it was oh. Luis Picoli who beat Scorpio. Oh, of course it was. That's what we said about Luis going to be a surprise partner at Survivor Series. Yep. Uh, so, uh, other things on the 1996 card, we had the Gangsters uh, beating the Eliminators and Sabu and RVD. So RVD and Sabu have been a team for over a year now. Wow. Uh, Candido defeated Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, the Eliminators also fought Sabu and RVD separately to work out who was going to be the number one contender. Um, and they went to a time limit draw, which is why they had a three-way match. Say it worked out Steve on Dudley. Crazy, Hacksaw I remember. Hack Myers. Oh, wow. Dream match. And Big Stevie Cool defeated Taylor David Tyler Morton Jericho. <laughs> I remember him. He goes on to be. Um, that's not Kid Cash, is it? It is Kid Cash. Yeah, I remember. So that was 96. Let's go back again to 95. Uh, uh, 90, 95 was a Dream Partners match. Yeah. Raven and Cactus Jack versus the team of um, Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Was Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk? Yeah. I don't remember him retiring after that one. He probably did. Um, who walked out of ECW November to remember 1995 as the World Heavyweight Champion? Uh, Shane Douglas. Mikey Whipwreck. After defeating oh, Steve... Stone Cold, well, Steve Austin and Stunning, Dana, of course. Yeah. yeah, damn it. And um, who? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, who did um, the Eliminators lose to? Um, oh, well, Dudley's weren't a thing. Mm, so, they weren't. They, they, they weren't. Well, they weren't, no, as we know it. They weren't, they weren't beat so, Eliminators, Dudley. was with Big Dick Dudley, Chubby Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and he defeated the Broad Street Bully. Yeah. Um, eliminators, uh, gangsters? Pitbulls. With their wow. manager Francine. That's when the mates came in with Jason, wasn't it? It was the revenge feud. Yep. Oh man. That's all. Jason also had a match uh, that evening. Yeah. With special guest referee. Do you remember who Jason's opponent was and do you remember who the special guest referee was? Oh bloody hell. Um so I'll give you Conan as the opponent. And he beats Jason in 14 seconds with the help of the special guest referee. Uh, well, uh, Mikey Whitrick. This was the, the debut of Taz. This was him oh, wow. shedding the Tasmaniac and coming back as Taz. Oh, wow. Uh, there was one other special guest referee match. Eula McGillicuddy. Uh, refereed 
the hottest feud potentially in ECW history. What was the match? Oh, fucking hell. I'm abysmal with this. <laughs> Absolutely abysmal. Um, I don't know if it's the hottest feud because it's women or because there was flames. I don't know. <laughs> or because it's me being a dick about the match. It might have been really shit. Because I, um, I ragged on it for total forever. Um, Bill Alfonso Todd Gordon. Bill Alfonso Tom Gordon. I knew you'd get it from the uh, me saying uh, that. Okay, through. So that was 1995. Let's go back one more year. Uh, 1994, November to remember. Um, who walked out of ECW, November to remember, 1994, as the world's heavyweight champion? This has to be Shane Douglas. It does. Do you remember who Shane Douglas defeated? Um, Sandman. Damn. Oh, Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons. Of course it was. That one arm, Ron Simmons. Yep. That's crazy. I didn't realise that was November to remember. Even I can't really say that because it was probably about a year ago I reviewed it. And probably we saw it 15 times on the TV as well. Yeah, um, that's my excuse. This was just, there was, everything was shown on TV at this point. They weren't really the specials. Even though, side note, uh, networks put up loads of new specials, everyone, so get involved with that. Yeah, I think they're all past where we... They are, they're all past. They? Like, um, Doctors in the House and all that sort of stuff, so... Some classic yeah. ones, some classic stuff they, still to go They through. have, they put some great ones on there, but yeah, all older ones. Um, who did Jason's shooter, Dean Malenko, defeat yeah. via knockout? Oh, God. Um... JT Smith. Tasmaniac. Oh, got really? Later. Wow. And who did Tommy Dreamer defeat via referee stoppage? Um, bu- 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 who is he feuding with? Uh, Tommy Cairo. Tommy Cairo, the multi-tool of wrestling himself. Oh, what a legend. And then well, let's have a look at the final one, the, the where it all began. Uh, November to remember, 1993. The original regret you will never forget. Jesus. Uh, and the, the card that you probably have forgotten. Yeah. Which Eastern Championship Wrestling favourite of ours had a chairs match to start the first ever November to remember. Um, JT Smith? Salvatore Belomo. Oh, wow. Defeated yeah, Rock and Rebel by forfeit. Oh, Rock and Rebel. Oh, Sal. Good Lord. What beast day. Which teams were involved in the South Philly Hood match? Um, obviously, Public Enemy, and they would have been against the, 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 the Sabu and Tez. Bad company. Oh, 
They still have bad company. Probably still it's do deep down inside. Yeah. Week on November to remember 1997. Yeah. Works well. Still going. On Max Moon. That's crazy. Um, so after the Suicide Blondes defeated um, the Bad Breed. Yeah. So this was the... Well, no, Hot Body and Stetson weren't the Suicide Blondes, were they? No, the Suicide uh, Blondes were Candido. Hot Body and Yeah. Mm, don't know if Wikipedia's got that right. But after they just defeated the Bad Breed... Not bad company, but the bad breed for the yeah. ECW Team Championship, or yeah. defended against the bad breed, I think it was. Yeah. Who defeated the Suicide Blondes in nine seconds? Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Joe's Tommy Gunn, Joe Stetson. Donny Gunn. Fucking hell, I knew it. Ugh. They then went sure, off to have singles matches straight after. So who defeated Tommy Dreamer straight after that match? Uh, oh, my God. I don't know. The Tasmaniac. And who defeated Johnny Gunn? Uh, Sabu. Mr. Hughes. Oh, Hughesy, baby. And in a winner-take-all for the ECW Heavyweight and ECW Championship match. That's got to be which, Sabu. Which pairing defeated Terry Funk and King Kong Bundy? Oh, fucking hell. Um, You're halfway there. Sabu. One. And the, 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 oh, who is his partner? It wasn't the Sheik. It was, um, 1993 Eastern Championship Wrestling. I know. It wasn't Eddie Gilbert. It was, this was sort of Dangerous Alliance. He sort of, Random people turning up, sort of. Wasn't Brian Pillman? Um, oh. No, far too early for Pillman. However, yeah. similar kind of um, tragedy as Pillman. Um, not sure who was it. Road Warrior Hawk. Oh my god! Yeah, of course it was. Nineteen ninety-three had the Sandman fighting Jim Neidhart, so the Sandman's yeah. still on the show. Uh, yep. Public Enemy with versus Bad Company. Paul Diamond comes back. Kevin Sullivan defeated Tommy Cairo. Uh, Malia Hosaka defeated Sherry Martel. The Suicide Blondes versus the Bad Breeds. So um, Candido and Axel Rotten both still around. Johnny Gunn, Tommy Dreamer, Tasmaniac, Sabu, and sort of Terry Funk. All still knocking around the company five years later for ECW November to remember 1997, which we're going to talk about next year, next week, next year, <laughs> next, next year. week. It's a year ECW build. Build. We, well, this is the thing in ECW format, we're, we've got it ready and it's hot and we've built this show and we've built to this, this next week's show where we're going to talk about it 
So we're going to delay it and kind of tread water for the next six weeks. Oh, it's too crazy, but we are indeed doing it next week. Obviously, um, the countdown is on. It's getting real. Follow us on social media at underscore Sports Arena or Twitter and Instagram where we will be talking about those things. We'll talk a lot about MLW and MLW Underground, which is on YouTube. A big up every week because it is decent, extreme horseman. Uh, Jerry Lynn. Very, very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, loads of classic matches. Big names going through there. And uh, matches that you didn't know that you wanted to see. There's a lot of dream matches at the time happened there. This week, there, Terry Funk versus Candido. You know, last week they had Shane Douglas versus, I think, Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. I mean, it is a crazy show that people need to be a part of and watch him again. And it's a really weird time because you've got the the brilliance of your favourites from ECW versus, uh, you know, and, and what you're seeing coming through. Because MLW were brilliant about bringing in the younger talent. So um, stars that were starting to make their names on um, Impact and on ROH and things like that. The likes of CM Punk, the likes of... Uh, homicide and Loki and Christopher um, Daniels, Christopher Daniels, and, and so many others that you know just were brilliant to to watch then, and you know you you, you didn't realise how many of them crossed swords with with some of the um, ECW alumni. That's the thing. So that's always worth watching. Um, Impact's pretty exciting in its own little sweet way. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week for November to remember ninety seven. We're excited for it. Everyone should be excited for it. If you have the network, um, go check it out. We're putting up a little thing so you can sort of tell us your memories of the show. If you have any, we'll read them out as well. Get involved. Relive the revolution. It's what it's all about. The ECW community, the wrestling community. Let's just um, let's just enjoy this. Let's enjoy the show. It's going to be something pretty amazing. I think it's going to be something pretty amazing. <laughs> It's gonna be extremely hard, eh? I'm I'm gonna love it, and I'm gonna love hating on it, and I'm gonna love every bit of it. And that's what's gonna make it so beautiful. And um, you can do the same. Let's see, it'll be at next week. Um, I'm Paul. That's Jay. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week for more extreme rewind. For mothers are